Hey, Rolando, Eddie, question. What? Do you guys have a favorite Greek myth or a favorite like character or story that you just think really works for you? I don't really know too many Greek myths okay. outside of Disney's Hercules. <laughs> so I guess then by and, default it's Hercules? I mean, yeah, because I also know the Kevin Sorbo Hercules. And then I would come to discover that Xena herself was not actually a Greek no, character. Yeah. She's just a made-up creature, uh, person, so, you know. Yeah. I think that Otherwise, Xena would was be like, it. They were like an amalgamation, I think, of like a bunch of different mythologies that show, I believe. Mm. Okay, Xena. Not Hercules, Xena. I, I mean, I, I liked Xena more than Hercules, to be honest. Okay, okay. Eddie, what about you? Well, I always was fascinated about um, Zeus seducing mortals. Hmm. <laughs> That's that a nice way of putting it, seducing them. <laughs> seducing mortals, and sometimes he would change change them or like transform them into like uh what was it a swan mm. uh when he was caught in the middle of a situation and Hera was like trying to catch him in the act so <laughs> I'm sure so um i'm trying to think of anything i i really like the golden fleece yeah that's a good one i went through a whole thing of like consuming anything about the golden fleece like movies or any like stories that I can like process as a little kid mm. about please. I think that's a movie like, too. Like Jason, yeah, Jason yeah. and the Jason and the Argonauts. Argonauts, uh, yeah. Argonauts. yeah, yeah. I like the Trojan that... War. That's the Iliad. The Iliad with Troy, the war at Troy, because that's the Iliad. The... The Trojan War, yeah. Oh, I thought you said the Just... Children of War. No, uh, the Iliad <laughs> is a Trojan War. That's another movie. Yeah. <laughs> the Aeneid is about the finding founding of Rome, if I remember correctly, right? I think so. I think so. And then the Odysseus, Od- the Odyssey is about Odysseus and stuff. But I always prefer the Iliad. The Iliad's so, pretty uh, good. Yeah, yeah. You should read Song of Read Song of Achilles for sure. So, so I, for I me, I feel like this is a very movie answer or movie fan answer but it's got to be the myth of prometheus i think that what's so interesting about the myth of prometheus too is all the different things you can get out of it and all the different meanings but how it is so vastly open to interpretation um i feel like i'm getting a lack of response here so you know the myth of prometheus he found fire he brought it to man yeah he stole fire he was a titan and he stole fire from the Olympians because, again, there's the earth gods and then the sky gods. And the sky mm. gods completely overthrew the earth gods who a lot of them wanted revenge, which actually comes into play in today's topic. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think Prometheus is so great. I mean, and we get it everywhere from Frankenstein to Oppenheimer. You know, it just kind of has the staying power in terms of what we can learn from it as a society because that's what's so interesting about Greek myths is that they're really really telling about how people work about how society like works i think and i think they're more true than most stories you'll probably ever tell and they're some of the oldest which is why they're so fascinating and they have just this staying power i think in our culture Uh, in particular today we're going to be talking about two versions of a very famous book series by rick riordan which is percy jackson and the olympians 
uh, fans of this novel series, I'm sure, will rejoice because we're finally getting to it. And we're going to be tackling the Chris Columbus movie from 2010 and the new Disney <laughs> Plus series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So I guess we should just get right into it. Yeah, Let's get into it. Let's do it. Can't wait. Let's jump into it. I'm Nicole. I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie Z. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. All right, well, next week is Valentine's Day, which also means that it's nearing your guys' anniversary. So happy mm-hmm. early anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I know what the answer is, but do you want to tell the audience the way that you will be enjoying your anniversary this year? Wait, how do you know what we're doing? Because you've brought it up so many times. <laughs> Have I? I mean, if it's not what you're doing this weekend, then I guess it's that's a separate trip. Technically, that's supposed to be for my birthday, but it's falling oh. closer to the anniversary, so we're just—I'm just saying—it's like it's fine. It's for our anniversary. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll be in Vermont next weekend, uh, in a cabin, getting away from everyone, possibly snowboarding, skiing. That sounds super fun. Look out for Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, yeah. No, that's how we will become besties. <laughs> if if that's what you want, um, everyone will hate you if that happens because nobody likes her apparently. Mm. I mean, I understand why. She's, she does seem very insufferable. <laughs> like, she truly does. But I was on her side at, on the trial. You know, they made a whole documentary out of it. Did they really? I think it's on Max. Oh, I gotta check it out. Like, because that guy was definitely swindling her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, he was definitely milking it because it was who she is. If it Gwyneth was Paltrow. probably yeah, yeah, me, yeah. he wouldn't have... Maybe he would have pursued it, which would have been equally dick, but... Cool. Well, I hope you guys have a great time in Vermont. Thank you. Um, I love it up there. So, nice. thank you. All right. Well, what are you doing for Valentine's Day now that you do have a paramour? Uh, yes, I will be taking her for a nice dinner. I'm actually going to be making her something from scratch. Hopefully, I I'm pretty certain she does not listen to this podcast because she's oh, not good. into podcasts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she, she's much more of a reader than she is a listener. Let's say that. By the way, Eddie, she's currently reading My Best Friend's Exorcism, and she loves it. Oh, my it, God. So. Yes, I could keep her as a girlfriend because she likes my cover. favorite author. <laughs> um, Best book. But, yes, I think I'm going to be making her um, little pieces of chocolate, something I have not done. I'm not a baker. She is a baker. I'm not a baker, so this might sound minimal to some, but the fact that I'm going to be baking I think is going to be – you know, something. Do you consider different. making little pieces of chocolate baking? Because most people consider that just like, you know, what, boiling chocolate <laughs> and then just putting it in molds. I've never like, tried to make chocolate oh, from scratch, great. so that's this great. is new for me. Wait, yeah. when you say you're making chocolate from scratch, do you mean like you're actually cracking open the cacao seed? Yeah. Oh, you're doing it from like legit scr- Don't you need yeah, like... Yeah, I'm great for baking little- showing it. Don't you... You need like a week for it to ferment. Well, then I'm glad you told me this today. It takes a while for, the cho- uh, for, the, for, the, for it to ferment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go over that recipe. I did find a recipe, but I think I just glossed over it. So let me read nope. it again. Yeah, give, you, it, 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 ha- you have to, it takes a while to ferment, and it smells, apparently. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all good to know, but yeah. And I'll get her flowers That's and all that stuff. Hilarious. That's good. 
do people like flowers? Someone got me flowers for my birthday. And I was just that was like, very nice. Uh, it is. It was a nice gesture, but nice. like I was just like, okay, but now I got to take care of these wilting flowers. I know. Right now, this is like a second job. <laughs> uh, I think so. Her birthday is also in February, so I'm like trying to you know space it all out. I'm gonna like take her to see a show and blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> blah blah. What show? Uh, it's gonna either be the Connector, which is by her favorite composer. Starring okay. Scott, Scott Bakula, which you just texted me about today, which is hilarious. Oh, it's a small the Star Trek coincidence. Guy. What a coincidence! Yeah, or Co- the days Star of Quantum uh, Leap Qu- guy. Yeah, but he, I think he was also on. Yeah, Star he was on Star Trek. He was, yes, but I feel like people of the original Enterprise yeah. on the Thank you. show called Enterprise. See, so, but yes, he's also known for Quantum Leap, or this show called The Days of Wine and Roses. Um, so, two of her favorite Broadway composers. She's really into musical theater. So. Oh, oh, I thought it was a Scott Bakula show. Speaking no. of Broadway, wasn't Percy Jackson also a Broadway show at one point? It was a musical. I don't know if it was ever on Broadway, but I know it got turned into a musical. Oh, uh, maybe it was off Broadway. I think see. so, yeah. I think, like, it played a very limited run on Broadway, but, like, like when I say minimal, I mean, like, 12 weeks. Okay, so it was like... <laughs> Yeah, but it's also like kind of toured the world. I think it was in the UK and they brought it to Japan and stuff. So, but Harry Potter uh, also has a uh, musical that someone wrote about it. And Harry Potter's on Broadway still, even though it's not a musical. Good way to tie in. We should finally get to the topic, right? We're talking about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. <laughs> Is this a series that anyone has ever read? No, no I actually, I, I actually, I actually found the first book. It's like laying like on a beach, on a bench by the pier, Ooh. and we were at the beach, and it was just like that, and like there was like nobody around, and I, was, uh-huh. I just like oh, okay, maybe this is a little gift from the gods. So, <laughs> God of chance, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love finding books, but uh, no, I actually want I actually want to read the series. Um. I don't know. I, I I didn't catch it the first time around. Uh, I know my nephews were very much into it. Um, oh, were yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And they used to talk about it. Um, so, yeah. I said, well, maybe, you know, one day I'll, I'll read the series. And I, I heard that the author also has connected with other authors to write other series about different uh, systems of gods from other cultures. So mm, okay. there is something, um, don't quote me on this. I may be totally wrong, but I think my friend told me there is something on like the Aztec and Mayan gods. Oh, more of a, okay, of, that could you be know, more of a different flavor. That's, really, that's uh, pretty cool. For Latinos. So. I know that in the book world, people really love this author uh, and people mm. really love this series. It's got a pretty big following. This is. But not like Harry Potter big. No, I think Harry Potter is more ubiquitous, which is, uh, but in contrast, Rick Riordan's Percy Jackson series is very, like, book world focused. Oh. Um, I'm sure also, people know of Percy Jackson, but... It's also pretty American, right? I would say that's a big difference. And you could tell the True. difference in characters because Percy Jackson, at least from the iterations I have seen, is very dislikable, very much, <laughs> very much of, the, uh, of the movie or show. Which I'm sorry to think is just like I wonder if this is like an American trait because like look at how they made Harry Potter. He was as meek as a mouse. 
This is this is true. Um, really quick, I just want to share the backstory of why Rick Riordan wrote these. Uh, he had been telling his son Haley some bedtime stories. Haley had been diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia, and he'd been studying Greek mythology in second grade. Wow, what a good school! And he asked his father. To is that tell not him, when you learned Greek mythology? I don't remember. I have. Oh, I actually Greek learned it when I was like in first grade. Yeah, I definitely learned it in elementary school. It would oh. come up uh, quite some time, uh, like different things in in, in my classes. Uh, but I remember mm. that I was so fascinated by it. The library had like this giant book of mythology of Greek mythology. Yeah, mine did mm. too. And we would like look through it and stuff. Wow, it was so cool. I have terrible recollection of like my, my early years, so I, they might have. I just it's gone from my brain. Uh, so anyway, he would ask him, his father to tell him stories about the Greek myths, and then when he ran out of myths, his son was like you know, come up with new stories based on the gods. So he kind of wrote this for his son, mm, which is really cute. That's sweet. Yeah. It was a five book series. He released a new book every year, starting with The Lightning Thief in 2005. And the last one was The Last Olympian, even though recently he has a new trilogy, a follow-up trilogy um, that's currently being released with The Chalice of the Gods and Wrath of the Triple Goddess. Mm-hmm. So obviously with the success of Harry Potter going from literature world to movie world, Hollywood was looking to capitalize on this. This was the early 2000s when they were just desperate to make other pieces of literature into successful film franchises. Some of them worked, like Twilight, Hunger Games. Some of them didn't work, like Golden Compass. Golden Compass is a great example of what they did not work. (laughs) Great show. Good show, yeah. I know, seriously. All of the failed movies in the 2000s are becoming great television shows. I would argue that this was one of them, even though there was a sequel um, to the Percy Jackson film, it did not do very well. Yeah, the neither of the films flopped. it straight up flopped. And neither yeah. of these films were met with much critical praise. Right. Well <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah, and also Rick Riordan pretty much like was very, very unhappy with the movie, uh, and the direction that it went into. And I think that when Disney finally bought the rights, um, he was like well, they came the, to... the rights yeah the rights came when like the merger for 20th mm. century fox right so like it was only a matter of time right anything 20th century fox that disney can like reboot they will that's why we're getting an aliens movie i think this year really we're getting a movie and a series wow just so you know and it's like a series the movie is supposed to be a direct follow-up to aliens the Sigourney... What the about Sig- Alien 3? So it would be undoing Alien 3. Oh, my the God. The trend in Hollywood. retcon, yeah. My yeah. favorite, because Alien 3 is so bad. Damn. Fa- no, not as bad as Alien Resurrection. But anyway. <laughs> With Winona Ryder. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's a good idea, because the other two... Because Alien and Aliens are masterpieces. Yeah. So in their own way, they're each so different, but yeah. they're so good. They're excellent, excellent movies, so I could see. But hopefully, if they're not excellent movies, then to me, I'm fuck it, you know, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say that Rick Riordan says, if you check out my website, rickriordan.com, do you see any di- indication that there was a Percy Jackson movie that ever existed? No. No, you do not. So he was <laughs> very unhappy with this movie, and he was very involved with the Disney Plus series, so, you know. Oh, was he? Okay. Yes. Uh, I think he wrote some episodes himself, so... That's interesting. The stories that happen in the first film and in the first season of the show 
are incredibly similar. So do we want to do the whole talk about the story or do we want to talk about the film first and then the show? What do you think works Yeah, best? we could talk about this. We could just summarize the story and then we can just go about the film and the and the TV show. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so do you want to give yeah, it a shot? Yeah, I'll go into the plot summary. So Percy Jackson is a young kid. How young depends on the franchise that we're talking about <laughs> to be determined, I suppose. But uh, teenager, right? And he is living in the city, and he is suddenly attacked by, like, a creature when he's at, like, a Greek museum, and that's where he discovers that his best friend at school is actually a satyr, and his mom is just like, oh my god, we had to get you to camp because you are a demigod. And he's like, what's a demigod? But before she can answer, she dies, or so they think, Mm. because when he comes to discover is... While he's at camp, and they're trying to give him all this like exposition, it's just literal. It's, it's always an exposition, exposition. stuff at camp, yeah. right? And uh, to give him some more backstory of who he potentially is, uh, we find out no, your mom is alive. She's in the underworld, and now you got to go rescue her. And to rescue her, you have to uh, recover the lightning Zeus's lightning bolt that's gone missing. And for some reason, the gods think you did it. Yeah. And so he goes on a quest to you know retrieve the lightning bolt and more importantly to save his mother and that is a summary of percy jackson and the lightning thief Essentially, a really yeah. really based summary which Thank you. by the way the entrance to the underworld is under la which is hilarious um i just love uh, that. yeah because there are and, so many worse places in america that the underworld would be in florida yeah. i think comes to mind <laughs> Right, <laughs> I know it feels like, like it's a probably Mar-a-Lago at this point. Maybe, and also the portal and the entrance to Mount Olympus is the Empire State Building. So yes. a little bit of an East Coast bias there, I think. Maybe. Oh well, actually, so I had to Google this because I was curious. I asked Eddie, like, why, why is, oh, why are all the Greek guys hanging out in America? And there was a reason for it. Do you want to know? Tell me. I guess it's in the books, and uh, it wasn't really covered in the show or the TV, sh- uh, the movie. But the reason the Greek Greek gods are in America is because the Greek gods gravitate towards whichever Western nation or whatever Western power has the most supremacy. And in this case, this day and age, it is America. That's so Greek god. That Which, yeah, I feel like the Greek gods would do that. They would favor whichever nation is currently like winning at the yeah. time. So yeah. I guess it's only a matter of time before the Chinese. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The Creek gods abandoned us for the Chinese. <laughs> uh, so the the movie and the show are pretty much like Percy's road of trials by obtaining his his ultimate goal, um, which is to return the lightning bolt so he can get to his mother. But along the way, he has to kind of collect, especially in the film, he has to collect like these, what were they, four? Pearls. Uh, Persephone's pearls. pearls. Three pearls. Pearls. Yes. Um, so he's like obtaining things and he has to meet through all, he goes through all these different scenarios to get them. Like in the first instance, he encounters Medusa, who's just chilling at a garden center in New Jersey. As one does. As one right. does. Yes. And the next one, it's actually been a while since I've seen this. Um, I know in the movie it was in Nashville, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the movie, they go to Nashville and he encounters like the Hydra. Yeah, it it was like they were, it was a replica of the Pantheon, and uh-huh. and one of the statues on the crown of the statue was the pearl. Yes, so yes. They, they, yes. They staked out 
and they kind of like hid in the the bathroom, waited till the museum closed or the the landmark closed, and then they retrieved the pearl. But then they discovered that the janitors were actually hydras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And then, of course, they go to Vegas. Um, where I mean, we always go to Vegas. Yeah, and then what happens literally stays there. Uh, so they right. and then they, they finally lose, get they to lose their time. The of the underworld. Yeah, they lose like five days. Yeah. So the interesting <laughs> thing is because they have ten days. Um, on the it's under the solstice, the summer solstice. If Zeus says, "If I don't get my lightning bolt back, it's gonna be all out war." And Poseidon, it's going to be me and you. Because I, you know, he thinks Poseidon took his bolt. Um, so he's like, this is going to happen. And uh, you got 10 days uh, to get this bolt back. So. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yes, that's what I forgot in my summary. Uh, Percy Jackson is Poseidon's son. Yes, <laughs> which is something kind of a big deal. Immediately revealed in the film, but not, it's like kind of like, who is his father? Yeah, the, you don't the find that until couple, two episodes, I think. I think in the, the end of episode two is when we find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right away in the movie, it's it's like, um, hey, Percy, your father built this beautiful thing for you, this little beautiful open cabin concept thing by the lake. Yeah, and uh, uh-huh. and he's like looking around. He's like, is my dad Poseidon? And he's like, okay, yeah, figured it out really quick. And uh, that's it. Um, definitely, the in in the I enjoyed in in the. Are we going back back and forth? We doing comparisons or yes, anyway? yes. All right. Yeah. So for for the show, it was more like the kids have to be claimed. So if if it's mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. and the show is similar to like having houses in Harry Potter. They're houses by the the the, the twelve big gods. Right, so you go to the house that uh, that your daddy or mommy's from, you know, and you like, and then there's the house Hermes. I think the house of Hermes, and that's the one where, you know, he's the god of travelers. So it's like Hermes' kids plus anyone who hasn't been claimed yet, and it seems that you got to do something special. You got to do something big, some form of act of glory to get your god parent, so to speak to um to claim you and that's how you get yeah it seems like an identity from the- i think the harry potter like similarities is something that helps but also kind of cripples this series mm-hmm. uh, in particular the original film because when the original film came out that was 2010 i think deathly hallows part one was just coming out and the whole harry potter craze was coming to about an end and the filmmaker of the first the, the two Percy Jackson movies was the guy who made the first two Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were really, really banking on it. And the yeah. whole similarity of like a boy who doesn't know he's special finds out he's special. And then we, along with him, enter this brand new world that exists pretty much amongst us. Uh, like it's on a hidden layer. That's the thing, too, is that, you know, these these characters that we heard in Greek mythology, they live amongst us. But we can't see them in their true form because, you know, we're not demigods or whatever. We're not special. Very, very similar to Harry Potter. And I think that the timing, other than the fact that the movie, I'm just going to say it right now. It's not very good, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean. Aside from that, though, I think there was just too much similarity. 
to Harry Potter that audiences were like boring. Well, you I definitely think, get that. So there's a difference, and it's a fundamental difference here. Yeah. And this is what I think hurts the movie is that mm. it's a quest story, right? And the quest story doesn't give you time to kind of live with the characters. Yeah. Right? To build a relationship with them. Like Harry Potter, each movie, for the most part, they all take place in one singular place. And you're kind of just there. The quest that's happening is within the grounds of Hogwarts, usually, right? Here, you're literally traveling across America. So, like, as of, it feels like so much happens in the movie, because a lot does. But as a result, like, you're not really getting a chance to know these characters. They're just kind of going from, like, one adventure to, like, another, right? And I think, ultimately, that's, like, the big hindrance. Like, uh, the, uh, ha- that's the difference between Harry Potter and this one. Like Harry Potter being, since it's all like happening in one spot, I feel like it gives you time to like kind of just like learn where we are and kind of build the mythology that way. We're here, we're just like on like a roller coaster ride of like. Uh, it's true. It's true. You know, and I think that's kind of one of the biggest hindrances for sure in the in the film. That I think even the show, to some degree, also suffered from, because he was at camp for like an episode. <laughs> He was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, this is, like, Harry Potter, this is not, because what, what he has no training. Yeah, so they, He's just they, going, they just said them. What to do with this was that in the show, he was already raised with all the mythology stuff. So his mm-hmm. mom made it a point to educate him on all these gods, the adventures. So he already had a foundation on when he entered this world that all these stories were real, right? So you automatically connect. He knew what this was. He knew what that was. Um, and he was able to, like, adjust very quickly, you know? Um, the other thing with the with the movie is, and also you have 10 days. It's like only 10 days. So you have 10 days to get all this shit, get your shit together and and figure this all out before this mega war happens with the gods. Um, and with with the movie, uh, you usually don't call, I, I just didn't like the main character, the the actor or the way he was portraying this particular character, Percy. Same. Uh, yeah. Same. Yeah, I just, I just felt there was some moments where it was just kind of flat. Um, mm. I mean, he thought that his mother was dead and it was like, it didn't get the same... Uh, yeah, mode. it was just he did it like batted eyes, yeah, just be like, like oh, uh, man, whoa. it wasn't a dream. My mom's dead, um, and let's move on. You know, like, I, I didn't yeah. get the heaviness. the The little boy in you know because it was different ages. You had you had like you had um, the in the movie he was you know he, he seemed like he was at least fifteen, fifteen years old, 15, yeah. and the and the other one it felt like he was twelve or thirteen, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which in the books he's 12 yeah, in the series in the in the disney series i just felt like he like when he found out his mom died like he it was the character was heavy about it you know so that's when yeah. there was no when he found out i can save my mom there was like no doubt like i'm gonna take this on it it all felt it felt natural and organic of him taking on this mission compared to the movie it felt the movie was like push 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 pushing the character to each agreed 
it felt yeah. like it was focusing way too much on comedy and like moments where the characters are like what whoa like more reactionary instead of oh, actually emotional a million percent true yeah yeah and i think also it just all of the characters were caricatures mm-hmm. um you know it's of course like i said with harry potter too it's it's two guys one girl all on a mission and it's you got your hero you got your really pretty smart girl and then you kind of got your buffoon and it really, really kills me that they made Grover the way that they did in the movie mm-hmm. because he was way too humanistic for a satyr, in mm-hmm. my opinion, and way too cartoonish mm-hmm. and also kind yeah. of like way too token black character. Like they. OK, I'm glad way. someone said it. It's true. They really it did. is a, like it was like a 90s caricature of yeah. like a black character, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the token like, black friend. I'm kind of borderline racist. <laughs> I like the look of the of of the actor playing this role. Like you know how how you know. Um, I I think the funny thing about the satyr that he hinted about is, you know, satyrs. You know, they get this rep that they're super horny all the time. So it's always like looking for the one. Con- you know, one con- conquest after another, or hooking up here and there. So you did get that vibe that this was a sexual person. Yeah. yeah to the three this was a, a sexual person um and yeah. i just i don't that, know why we needed that vibe but yeah we did get I, but that but the funny thing is from we what we understand from the mythology of satyrs that's what they do they seduce they seduce and yeah. up. their they their very essence their the energy that they put out is sex yeah, they are sometimes shown masturbating or engaging in bestiality. That's like literally on its Wikipedia, which is Are they engaging? How can they be engaged? Aren't they beasts of some sorts? You mean that their humans are engaging bestiality with them because they are half goat. The no, point no, being this here. is satyrs. They are often attempted to seduce or rape nymphs. And okay. they are shown masturbating or engaging in bestiality. That's what happens when you click on them in Wikipedia. <laughs> I know, but like they're animal, they're half animals. So like, is it bestiality? I wouldn't say they have just because they they have those characteristics, but they're still their own, their own. Yeah, you know, which is yeah. So because I watched these, I watched the 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 TV series, and then I watched the film as I usually do, right in reverse. And so I actually it made me miss the new Grover, right? Because I think there was something so like adorable about how kind of like meek he was that kind of made this character feel more organic to the story in terms of like the friend group right like there was like a sweetness to him and kind of like an earth more like an earthiness to him that this one just did not have and for some reason that portrayal resonated with me more so than like the hypersexual like more adult uh satyr and stuff, despite the fact that I think Eddie's right. Like usually, when we think of satyrs, you we do you think a little bit more sexual. Like the first thing that I think of when I think of satyrs is actually um, Danny DeVito because of Hercules. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. that's my favorite satyr. Uh, but you could, but but look at his portrayal. He's very rascally. He's very very sexual. Uh, so yeah, you know. Yes, I felt the the movie one. I felt like there was potential. I mean, you. I think there was a way of putting these. Adding these different um, aspects of the character, uh, but there were moments where it went really left on being the joke, 
Yeah. You know, the guy that had to make a joke um, or t taking things to to kind of the extreme in, in that way. Well, in the series, um, Grover felt sometimes a little serious, a little too serious. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, technically, he was an adult. You know, he was 20-something years old in Seder years, you know, like in as a theater. Yeah. Um, but what they, what they, and also he had a very important job. He was a protector and his thing was to protect demigods and help them transition from their mortal life and getting them to camp and recognizing who they are. So he had this kind of serious job that was very important. And then the other element of is their God Pan is missing. So every satyr has this kind of hunger to help find Pan um, to help where did Pan go? And so satyrs, one of their things is that some of them take on the mission of going forth and searching for Pan. Mm, mm -hmm. So that was one of Grover's desires. So I think that gave like the character a nice little dimension to him. Um, and he definitely was the one that figured shit out for them. You know? Yeah. And I agree that maybe there could have been a balance between the two Grovers. One was overly comical. One was a little bit too serious, um, which is interesting because I think the the Disney Plus series overall is more serious in its tone. And in some ways, it benefits it a lot. I think also the Disney Plus series has a little bit more of a familiarity with these characters. Where again, the movie mm -hmm. just feels like caricatures. And yeah. I never finished the series. I know you guys did, so you could probably talk more about certain points than I can. But a big example of this is Medusa. Uh, okay. The movie does not portray her as anything but a monster. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a character, what we caricature, what we think of when it comes to Medusa. But I think a lot of people who are into Greek mythology have a lot of pity for this character of Medusa, especially because she was not born a Gorgon. She was turned mm -hmm. into one. Correct. And so this My, after she was raped by mind you. Yeah. She was raped. And then as punishment for her being raped, she gets turned into a Gorgon. So let that sink in on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. They yeah. did not touch upon that on in the Disney Plus series. I, I know, was right? kinda <laughs> I, I thought it was just like, ooh, maybe they're gonna be risque and kinda like like hint at it, but no, they did not. Yeah. Shame on you, Disney. I, I, she's definitely Cowards. one of those uh, stories that are just begging to be retold, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but the, you actually have a moment in the series where even though they have to, at the end of the day, spoiler alert, behead her in order to continue on with their quest. This is part a uh, big story beat. You actually spend time with her and you talk to her. And she takes them into her house and she like has a conversation with them instead of just taunting them from the moment she, you know, they don't even, they like, they find out that they're in Medusas and then they start running uh, frantically for their lives in the movie. They they try to negotiate, she tries to negotiate with them, actually, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, she saves their lives and then gives them almost an ultimatum. And, you and know, they, they chose not to take it. You understand, too, why she's seeking to harm these children, you know, the place she's coming from. I mean, this is someone who is so, so hurt. <clears throat> from her past, particularly at people mm -hmm. like Athena, who, you know, when it comes down to it, Athena sucks, man. <laughs> Athena is not <laughs> cool. She is messed up, which brings us yeah. to the character of Annabeth, who's the daughter of Athena. And I think that this Disney Plus show actually shows 
a more realistic side of what it would be like to be the fodder of shitty ass Athena, which is like, right. you might have some trauma. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you need to work on. I mean, it, uh, because at the end of the day, gods are selfish and gods like to toy with us and they are yeah. cruel. They're wicked. Um, that's Which just, is the fates are cruel, you know? And that's a point that keeps getting across more so in the Disney Plus series. Yeah. In the. That gets like very surface level touched upon in the film at the very end. Absolutely. Where that's the gods being cruel, gods being selfish, gods not understanding what family means is something that is constantly weaved throughout the TV show to kind of better illustrate that point. And it also kind of helps build that idea of found family between these three children uh, as, as the show progresses and stuff, right? Yes, yes. So, yeah. And what were you going to say, Eddie? Um, there is that interest, interesting aspect that you just brought up is uh, family trauma mm. that's, that, that's mm-hmm. been played out. Um you, you talk about these gods being cruel, but then you look at their parent and um, Kronos and how cruel Kronos was to them, you know, and and so forth and so forth. And interesting thing is um, they're here multiplying and, and they're like creating all these uh, demigods throughout the centuries. Um, and this trauma continues to be passed on in one level of another. These are all kids before the series. These are all kids, right? Yeah. Who, mm-hmm. um, who, who've experienced kind of a sense of abandonment from their parents, especially being abandoned and not being able to um, fit in, in their mortal, knowing that they're different in some way. And then, then this, need to um escape their more and and go to safety because they're going to be hunted once they find out once you get clocked as a demigod you're being hunted you know uh so you have like this just trauma this just trauma going on this and yeah totally it's an excellent can be more of a serious show in that sense uh mm-hmm. you know this is aimed for like a, a different different age group uh Tweens, we could assume. But um, I did find it interesting for the movie, which I, I liked, was the camp wasn't just filled with kids. It was filled also, it was different ages. So you had adults and you had kids living in this camp and training in the camp, which kind of makes mm, sense. Yeah. You know, kind of makes sense. Like, this is like, this is generational. Um, uh, but in the series, you just have kids of a certain age. There were a lot of kids. I'm just thinking about there must have been a god baby boom at some point. <laughs> Thousands. Seriously. They were just yeah. walking around, just impregnating because there are so many of them. I believe it. And the it, gods are whores at the end of the day, so, too. So you know, and and, <laughs> and not being responsible mm-hmm. for these kids is is yeah. another thing. Just to piggyback off of what you're saying, Eddie, too, in terms of, like, family trauma, that's very present in the Disney Plus show when it comes to Percy and his yeah. lack of a father figure. Right. Not knowing who his father is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't find out who Poseidon that Poseidon is his father for the first two episodes, and it's so important for him to do all these different things because he wants to impress his father. And that is something that is not really touched upon in the movie. 
Percy yeah, is no. just very passive about like his place in life, and I I don't know what do you guys even feel about his relationship with his mother in the <laughs> um, film. I mean, you definitely so, you definitely see that uh, in the films. Um, it's different, definitely different. It's not as yeah. as intense um, as it is in in the series. It's, it's I think it's more it's uh you you in the series you have the mother as the center more center in 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 Percy's life more of an influence mm-hmm. too. This is really uh almost I mean she a single mom raising this kid knows that he's special knows that he's struggling because he has like according to society he's like um what does he have he has ADHD and dyslexia, and, 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 dyslexia, dyslexia. Yeah. and we later found out that's all about what it is to be a demigod because your mind is said to read ancient Greek. So English doesn't seem to comprehend and your, your blood aches for battle. Your blood aches to be out there and fighting and being on a quest and you just can't stay mm-hmm. still. Yeah. So yeah. that's how they <laughs> explained it away. Uh, explained it away. I think it made sense. I think it was significant. No, no, no. It did. Actually, I, I did like that. Like That was something that we didn't really see in the series, right? Like, mm. well, we got a glimpse of it, you said, Eddie, but I don't remember it. So, But they didn't, like, touch on it. That was, they were, so, that's the thing. There were some touches in the film that I did appreciate over the movie, over the series. Uh and that would be like one of the examples, and they're, they're really minor and stuff. For the most part, like the movies are so the movie was so forgettable. Uh, oh like God. outside of Annabeth looking like Xena, right? That's the only thing about the movie that I can remember. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, look, she looks like when she was wearing the armor. Just like she looks like Xena with her dark hair and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Annabeth in the series was so she was so tiny, but so badass. And that made her like so cool. I think, in my opinion, like yeah. it was just like what a, just what a interesting, just no, a stark agree. difference. You in know, in the movie she was kind of bland. Yeah, yeah, and they were like really, really building up that like kind of, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, the romance a little bit, right? Like the, yes, of course, like Percy's like crush on her. Where in the TV show it's only hinted at ever so slightly, but it's also like kind of brushed away really quickly. When they start realizing maybe we work better as friends, right? So I never, it never turned, like their their friendship never crossed that line of like, do they like each other? Do they not? Right? Unless I'm forgetting something, Eddie. Right? They never, they never kissed her. Yeah, right. No, no. I, I, I really, I really felt like, like it was more like, yeah, dumb. Which is good. yeah, being like they're twelve. Yeah, so. which I'm, I'm absolutely yeah, okay definitely. with, right? That's like, probably yeah, that's one of the fine. things Rick Riordan was just like, come on, why can't they just be friends? <laughs> yeah. One of the it's things true. in the movie. Uh, uh, what do we think yeah. about all the different cameos in both? Like, there are so many big names in the first one, and then there's some surprising people <laughs> that showed up in the Disney Plus. Yeah, we had Lin Manuel Miranda as Hermes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Megan Mullally as one of like the yeah, Electo. I forgot what uh, she was. What like one of the harpies or something? Uh, she she's one like of the monster. three Furies. Oh, that's it. One of the Furies. Um. The Uma Thurman as Medusa. Yes. In the film. In the film. Uh, Pierce Brosnan as Chiron. Right. First, wait, I just wanted to point out. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, at the end of the film, he has the audacity to say, that's why you're my favorite suit. He's like, he was here for like 20 minutes. How? 
How is he your favorite? That's why he's your favorite student because you didn't have to take care of him. <laughs> like, talk about trying to build him up to be fucking like. Uh, now nah, I was gonna say Gandalf. Uh, who was it? Who was a teacher that Harry loved? Dumbledore. Dumbledore, Dumbledore, like you know, they were really trying to make him a Dumbledore here. Just like yep. this was it, no utter fail on that one. Um, but no, uh, I mean, it's so I actually was wondering that. Which I was okay, like cool. She betrayed Hades at the end, I guess. Yeah, she she attacked Persephone as if. Like, she's just playing herself, I felt like. She was just, yeah. like, very, very uh, <laughs> New York kind of Persephone vibe, which I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, Is it fine? She's been there for, it's been 2,000 years. I know, right? <laughs> They're also, like, no. 20th century. Okay, it's pretty cool. Well, the gods years. roaming around the Earth, that makes sense, right? Because they're roaming around Earth, so they're hanging out in in, on, in America. So that yeah. makes, that tracks. Uh and I think you get a little bit more glimpses of that, like in the, uh, a in the, in the Disney Plus series, right? Mm. Because like you see them actually like interacting with humans, uh, or not interacting with humans, but just like living life in America and stuff, like right, like Hermes drives a car, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, uh, Lance Lanston Rickin. Lance Riddick played Zeus, yeah, which is unfortunate. He, plays... he won't play it in the second season. Yes, right. He passed away last year. Yes, last year. Right, last year. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of like? What did you think of 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 Zeus in general? Like, here's my beef. I think ultimately with both of these is that like, Zeus, Zeus's entire beef made no sense. Like, he just jumped to conclusion after conclusion. In that's this, in so both of these. Zeus, though. <laughs> I guess that's true. Like, maybe that is true. Like, like about, and he doesn't care. He just wants Zeus. his lightning bolt back. Yeah. So um, he's just willing to sacrifice the world, being like, someone stole my bolt, and I, I accuse you. And then, without any proof, mind you, mind you, Greeks were the ones that brought us democracy, but... Like there was no no accountability here. Like fucking poor Percy Jackson had to bring the bolt. Uh, I think. I think ultimately, like for both of them, for me, one of the biggest qualms I have is just like kind of it starts getting a little muddied at the end. Like who is playing the cards here? And I think Disney Plus did a little bit of a better job in terms of explaining, like you know, introducing kind of a bigger bad, overarching yeah. enemy and stuff, and then like kind of the betrayal with his friend from camp. Uh, so Luke. those kind of elements worked a little bit better, more so than in the, in the film, because in the film everything's going so fast, right? Like this is a two-hour film, and they pack so much into it. Yeah, they really do. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Which you know, if if handled a little better, I wouldn't be complaining about anything. They just kind of, again, it all feels very caricaturish, <clears throat> surface level. Um. What I did, like about the film over the series was the special effects. They were able to implement more of a, a special effects. It was, it was, um, certain things were visually beautiful, um, that I thought they were really cool, uh, compared to the series. Um, Do you have a specific example? But, uh, I, just the use of the water when he was battling, and Percy was able to manipulate the water, you know, do his water bending thing. I thought that was ver- uh, very cool. Um, just other, just other things. I think the Medusa, 
I love them. I don't know. Really? I like Uma Thurman's Medusa That's better. Do you just like Uma Thurman? I, I like I like the, the snake yeah. thing. I, I like just the really, design of I, her I'm Medusa. Of her. But uh, but 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 the design of of her snake yeah. thing was was really cool. Her, her face. I, I just she's so beautiful. But I just felt like it's very poison ivy too. Um, it was so poison ivy. All she needed yes. to do was just wear some green. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, so I mean, let's just be real. Who's, who's going to complain about that, right? Uh, yeah, seriously. Poison Ivy, we love. We so. do. We, we Ivy, talk about gay awakening. Like, yeah. I, her entrance <laughs> as Poison Ivy is just forever ingrained in my mind. And it's not until you can, like, look back and realize, like, oh, shit, this is definitely, like, a gay awakening moment. Like, she's just stripping seriously. in that monkey outfit, having, like, these muscular men, like, carry her down. Like, fucking talk about. It was so drag without it realizing so it. so drag, yeah. I know. Side note: I don't know why no one has made. Has anyone made a documentary on there, how this movie has made? There's uh, what's it called? Someone generation. did write like a book about there. It was like kind of their gay awakening. This uh, the Ooh. like the Batman and Robin film. And wow, I understand. Well, definitely, but no, but I I did enjoy. I yeah, I I, I felt like this. I really. They did some really nice special effects in the movie, which I I pretty much enjoyed. Um, I wish the series did have a little bit more. I feel like this whole contrast between the great divine that exists underneath all the mundane of the everyday world uh, would have been nice to explore a little bit more or reveal in some ways. I agree. So but, uh, you guys finished yeah. the show as a whole. Um, do you have like any favorite episodes or do you just think, you know, like... Which one did you prefer? I'm going to assume you preferred the Disney Plus one. But okay. I never finished it's... it, so I feel like I can't really say. Sure. Well, okay, so I'll be honest. Like, uh, I only finished it because Eddie was more into this show than I was. And he kept using the podcast as the excuse for why we must finish it. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily my favorite show, but that's only because I was certainly not the target audience for this. Mm, okay. Right? Like, this is definitely skewing a lot younger. Okay. And because of that, but it was still like, it's not like by the end of it, it's not like I hated it, right? I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. Uh, I didn't love it, but it was certainly, I think, an enjoyable watch. In terms of what might be my favorite episode, I'm trying to actually, it might be the episode when they're in the underworld. Uh, mm. I think that episode was kind of like the more visually interesting episode. And uh, we got to see Cerberus. We got to see uh tar tartarus tartarus that's like the the pit where the titans are kept mm -hmm. and we got to see also you know uh, uh hades in this in the show it was played by uh one plus. of the yes the, the other duplis brother yes. and uh you know yeah I, I we didn't get a persephone in this one this is the only difference, but yeah, I think that would be my my the episode that I like kind of the most. Was did uh, the anyway, the story took place during spring, right? Like spring summer. I think it was still spring solstice. Oh. Yeah. Then Persephone would not be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, why? Because that's why we have seasons. That's the because myth of Persephone. Sleep. When she is down in hell, we have winter because her mother, who takes oh. care of nature, is sad and would does not want to tend to nature without her daughter. Oh, I so funny. Very you. good, Nicole. <laughs> Very good. Ten points yeah. to Ravenclaw. So I love the myth of Persephone. Actually, I think it's um, 
I, it's one, it's up there. It's one of my favorites. Mm. But yeah, so technically, that's why we didn't see her. That makes <clears> sense. That would make sense. I just sense. geeked out so hard on that. You did. Eddie, yeah. is there an episode that you found particularly entertaining or? I can't think of it. I mean, uh, the, definitely the, you get the climax um, ending um, episode, which I really much enjoyed. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Nothing really. I will say really this much. Out. The betrayal, because uh, Percy Jackson gets betrayed by another student. That's like the plot. Like he went on this. The, the thief, the lightning thief was his friend that he made at camp. Right. Mm-hmm. And Luke. Lance, I think was his name. Luke. And, oh, Luke. Luke. <laughs> and Luke, Luke uh, reveals that he betrayed him. And I think the motivations made more sense in the in the TV show than the one for the film, right? Because in the TV show, it's very much grounded on the fact that, like, yo, these gods are assholes. You see this, right? You know this. Come with me. We can reorder the fabric of the gods because they should fear us, right? Which, Mm -hmm. and his logic is sound. And because of everything we'd seen at this point and, like, how Percy Jackson perceives family, he, uh, it kind of does make you wonder of like, oh, maybe he should make this. It kind of makes that decision a little harder for him. And I did appreciate that, right? Where when we were watching the film, it kind of was just like, join me. We could be powerful together. And there's just a big action sequence on like the Empire State Building. You know? True. But yes. It yeah. was just like kind of just like, it was just like, you know, the final like, it was like the the money shot, right? Like the final battle. Yeah. Now, the great thing about this, but I feel like I would I would love to see it more fleshed out, and maybe th- th- this would take place in a certain kind of a flashback. But it's in their divine blood to betray their fathers, mm. right? It's like they come from parents who have been betrayed by their father, you know, and taken power. Um, so these are children who in some levels feel some certain kind of neglect or abuse. And there's some of them. I it, Luke makes sense. Luke makes sense. And like, you know what? Why not? Why not take this power away from them? You know, they are cruel. They use it. I mean, the war that they were about, the gods were about to send would have, they said that the last battle that the gods had mm-hmm. caused world war two. So you think about the suffering and horrors that took place in World War II just because the gods mm-hmm. yeah. got upset with each other. I was saying, like, this this power, they're not responsible. We should take it away from them. So Luke's mm-hmm. motivation makes sense. I wish it could flesh out a little bit more. Maybe we'll see that later on. I didn't read the series. So I don't know if that gets even fleshed out even further. But there there is um, an attraction to what Luke is saying, like, we should we should take we should take it and yep. we'll be responsible yeah agreed yeah i mean but, yeah. this does make me want to read the books i'll tell you that but i also i'm really into greek mythology you know um that's something that is relatively new in my life and something i would love to explore more in a literary field yeah i mean it's so interesting because i'm realizing it's just like greek mythology 
is something you don't see a lot anymore in media that much, right? Like you don't see really any movies. With, you like, get little references and stuff, but, but that's the whole thing. We we, we replace yeah. Greek mythology yeah, with like, superheroes. But I meant like you that's know, people want to see like an actual like. No, I don't want to see. Well, I mean, we're getting a Hercules movie, aren't we? That's in the works, like a Disney Hercules. So, but I think so. But like, I want to... There's so many like. I, oh, brother, where art thou is the Odyssey, essentially, right? Yeah, I, I meant like, like I want to see like an actual legit Greek film, like legit takes. Okay, like I, I, I know. I, Did you ever see Troy? <laughs> I saw. Of course, I've seen Troy. I am okay with Troy. Uh, I, I like. And also, the Immortals comes to mind, right? So there's yeah. been a few big blockbusters that have you know tried to do the the Greek thing, but I guess it's like not the safest bet. Uh, Maybe. I wonder, yeah, I wonder why. I'm guessing that's what it is, right? But at the same time, though, like, how do you guys feel about seeing, like, the Greek gods in a modern setting? Like, is that something more that you wish Hollywood could explore? Or do you guys prefer to see them? I do kind of want, like, a series version of the Iliad kind of a thing. Mm. Like, I want That that could make a good series. That would make a great series, Like, that would make, like, a, a, like, a nice HBO Max original series on just, like, the Trojan War fucking mm-hmm. Oscars galore of uh, Emmys. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. Oh, this is one thing that reminds me. There was something I did like about uh, the visual elements that Disney Plus's series kind of tried to incorporate in the show. And you should mostly saw it in the in the credits. But it was like the Art Deco look and kind of making that synonymous with the gods. And for some reason, yeah. I think that worked so well for me. Like from a design standpoint, it's just like for some reason, there's something so majestic in Art Deco and it's just like, of course the gods would love this like style. It's so ostentatious. And I it's like if I had the money like that, I would love to live in an Art Deco house. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Overall, enjoyable stuff here. So Yeah, yeah. I was uh like I said, it wasn't necessarily my favorite show, but I'm not also like uh, I don't think I was a target demo for this one. Mm-hmm. But I think it was uh it was still it was a nice watch. I, I liked it. It came out I did hate the young guy who played Percy Jackson very early on. Uh, and then by in the, the end, he kind of like, yeah, no, in the TV show. Oh, I wasn't feeling him. He was a little complaining in the beginning, but he was very he, whiny. Yeah. Let's be very real here, but <laughs> he was, he kind of pulls it. He pulls, <laughs> he pulls out of it by the end. And, stuff. <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, like I think they did a good job of like kind of creating a nice harmony between the three main characters of Annabeth Grover and, and Percy. So I really did enjoy it. I thought the ending was a little corny, right? Because the very ending, they're just like, let's all meet here in like a year. And like, you know, no matter what happens, it'd be like, this isn't Hogwarts. You don't need to come back in a year. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the ending of Goblet of Fire, but they're saying literally the exact same thing. After their student just died. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But but that's the thing. They, they, They want... They... But you see, the, it's a whole thing about being the ideas of, of, of quest and making packs, packed with people, um, like to solidify something in the future, mm. um, a motivation for them to get together because they found each other. Percy's going to go back, go back to the normal world, the mortal world where people are not going to get him. And um, they're not going to stand him or or know him truly the way uh, Annabeth yeah. and Grover do. So, so it's 
I don't, I don't understand why would you need to go back to the mortal world? I mean, to be with his mom, definitely, but I would stay at camp. Much so we just talked about the Goblet of Fire. There is a TikToker that I follow. I forgot her name, but I don't know. Nicole, I don't know if you've seen this on Instagram, maybe, but she is reading. She's never seen the Harry Potter movies or read the books, so she's reading the books for the first time, and she's like, she's like filming her reactions. Like her reaction, and they are so genuine and so pure. She's screaming when like there's twists and stuff, and like the the one where the rat turned out to be the enemy. She's just screaming like the rat. It was a rat all along. Oh my god! She is such a joy to watch. Uh, Yeah, I'll put her in the show notes, guys. I highly recommend her content. She's like I, I think she's a book talker, but like she's. I think she's very much like a fun like book talker. She's not taking it seriously. She's just uh just enjoying reading and just reading reading with passion and stuff. So I love, I love we were talking about Harry Potter just reminded me. Like I just sent Eddie a video today of like she's reading right now Goblet of Fire, right? So she's trying to like predict half she's halfway through the book. And she's trying to predict like what's like who put his name in the Goblet of Fire, right? So she made us a chart of her thoughts. Oh, which is great. So and you look at the the followers because like no one's trying to spoil anything for her because it's just like, Oh, this is so lovely. Like seeing a person enjoy this book series for the first time yeah yeah that's cute yes i definitely want to see this so send it to me yeah recommend Uh, you guys want to do a quick oh i'm gonna say you want to do a quick lightning round sure if you want i'll just go with like uh, i'll make it like super quick all right we're gonna start this off a zeus lightning round get it because he's zeus okay we're gonna go we're gonna kick things off with grover any preferences yeah disney plus 100 percent He's just, he's more fleshed out. He works yeah. more. Yeah. The actor is adorable. Yeah, there's a motivation. There okay. is a, I agree. I think the Disney motivation. Plus one for sure. Uh, what about Annabeth? Disney Plus. Disney Plus? She's more complicated, more complex. There's a little bit more she to was. her. Eddie? I, like, I love the Disney Plus one. I did like the actress that they chose for the movie. She looked like Zena. I did you like her, her look. Like, Zena. For her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, like to be. I did like. Yeah, I did like they, that they were a little bit older compared to little kids. Yeah. In the I'm, Disney Plus oh, show. Wait, but you picked. I did. Uh, no, I, I picked the, the, as as acting. For this character, okay. yeah, I, I, think I would go Disney also Plus. Disney Plus. Okay, Zeus. Zeus, Nicole, really? you may not have seen I, Zeus yet. Yeah, I didn't really. I can't really add to it. Okay, you guys so you're, can. yeah, Eddie, you're Zeus. I don't know. I think I like the movie I one a little like bit better too. Uh, it was he was, like, was so like, dramatic, unreasonable. It was just like, so I didn't was like I didn't take yeah. it. It's like so like mind you, you could open a door. You know how you could open a door. Like, what does no. uh, what does Zeus do? He blows up the door and it walks. Through. Oh yeah, <laughs> just... he's so extra. He blows up yeah, the and door. And I love that about him. And I am here in. for it. So I will go with also the film version. Lance uh, Lance Reddick played it too too safe in my opinion. Like no, well, not even safe. Like too too normal. Mm. We have enough time. I, yeah, yeah you, you're right. Get like five minutes. Uh, we got more with the other one. Uh, Percy's mother. Oh, Disney Plus, 100%. Great. I loved her. Interesting. Eddie? Oh, okay. I think I'm going to yeah, go. Yeah, same thing. For some reason, the movie would. I don't I, know why. I, like I think I liked Keener, her a little bit. But I don't think this was her role. 
And I, uh, yeah, I just think I, just, I think I just preferred this mother over over the Disney Plus one. And then finally, oh wait, not finally. I'm sorry, Poseidon. Nicole, you got to see Poseidon in the film, but not yet in the show. Not really. A okay. Lot in the show. Eddie. Mm. Oh We're talking about sexy Poseidon. Well, uh, however you interpret that lightning round. Okay, so. Um, a level of hotness. I'm going for the movie guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the movie, the, the movie Poseidon was much more attractive than. Because I was like, oh, four daddy issues at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Eddie. And last but not least, Percy Jackson. Disney Plus. Titular character. Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm going to go with Disney Plus too. Sorry, Logan Lerman. Uh, it was just, uh, he was just not delivering lines at all like it was just like pulling strings on that one so that's that yeah that Mm -hmm. is that damn well what do you guys think are you a fan of percy jackson are you into greek mythology did you make it all the way to this episode tell us what you thought you can tell us what you think by emailing us remakes reboots revivals at gmail.com you can hit us up on instagram at remakes reboots revivals hit us up on twitter at remakes podcast if you search for us for facebook and youtube you could search for remakes reboots and revivals and lastly if you were listening on a podcasting platform please go to that right now give us a rating and if you are on apple podcast you can leave us a review that we can read and bring you know smile to our faces spread joy yes please do <laughs> please do spread and, joy and yeah. happy valentine's day happy valentine's day and what else happy anyway, anniversary thank you happy thank you. president's day happy yeah sure do, I, hey it's one day <laughs> off for most hopefully get, for you yeah, guys right we get a day off so enjoy it enjoy it while we can all right guys um, well until next time stay, stay unoriginal, unoriginal.